Hello, and welcome to the TV Movie Rewind Podcast with Matt and Todd. Hi, everyone. And we are joined once again by Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. And we are going to talk about the Saturday morning cartoon, The Super Friends. Yes, but which specific version of Super Friends are we talking about, Matt? <laughs> Well, that's the uh, that turns out to be the trouble because Super Friends is really just an umbrella title right. to several different Saturday morning cartoons that aired from technically 1973 to technically 1985, but there's yep. gaps, there's leaps, right. there's changes in sh- format, there's changes right. in show title. But nearly a decade anyway. Yeah. Yes. For a total of what we assume is 93 episodes because that can get a little little touchy too because sure. for this episode of the podcast we want to focus on on the all new super friends hour which is technically season 2 which is technically 15 episodes but some people might even say well it's it's not 15 episodes, it's 60 episodes, because each episode is split into four mini... It, it's, it's a free-for-all. It's chaos. <laughs> it's Crisis on Infinite Earths. They need to do a massive crossover and uh, pare this all down. <laughs> it, it makes as much sense as any given episode of this is apt to. <laughs> That's true, yeah. It is... Yeah, there's well, no chronology here. <laughs> that is also the brilliance of it, because you can start watching this show at any any episode at pretty much any time, because it's it's For very sure. episodic. It's not yep. about following a continuing storyline. In fact, very often in an episode, the Super Friends will refer to something they had done, but that was never chronicled in an episode. Right. Yeah. So... <laughs> let's start at the beginning and talk about why we're not talking about the first season of the super friends which originally aired in 1973 i could sum it up with one word about wonder dog <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean i like here's here's a point where i step in and say like i actually never watched this show not religiously not sat down with it um I mean, I'm aware of it because it was huge um, at the time. So I saw bits and pieces. I'm aware of the culture of it in bits and pieces. And having watched it for what is essentially the first time, some memories did come flooding back. But like, I, I don't remember any of these well enough to really uh, comment otherwise. So yeah, like, tell me about that first season. <laughs> like, I know about Wonder Dog and Marvin. Like, I know the concept of it. And like, geez, that, that couldn't have worked out great. But it has to be worse than that, right? Is it really just them? Well, it's... The, the real problem with it, and let's this is all of these were episodes, all of these cartoons were geared. It's Saturday morning, it was yep. aimed at kids, right? But this show was just really, really goofy and pandering yep. to kids and very preachy. It was obviously like some practices and standards and practices really got like tore the heart out of everything. It was like, right. Nothing can be scary. Nothing can be no even implication of violence. Right. And it's excruciatingly boring. It, it really is. And the villains always um, at the end were like apologetic and I'm going to go 
I'm, I'm going to go down the path of good now. You know, I'm reformed. Um, you know, like Matt was saying, they, you know, it, re- it was really, really dumbed down. Um, it was really no evil. <laughs> and the, the artwork was goofy, too, because a lot yep. of the characters outside of the main Super Friends were drawn like traditional Hanna-Barbera. Like they, some of them would look like Ranger Smith, if you remember <laughs> Yogi Bear. They would look very cartoon cartoonish so it was uh so the first season was handed by bear as well yes okay and it featured superman batman and robin wonder woman aquaman and the junior super friends wendy marvin and wonder dog and clearly there was inspiration by scooby-doo going on here oh yeah without a doubt yeah yeah so wendy and marvin were two teenagers with no powers and they were it was almost like Wendy and Marvin were the main characters they'd get caught up in something and they'd call in the super friends <laughs> yeah it was, they were like solving a mystery or, or come across a mystery like Scooby Doo and then they would bring in the super friends exactly yeah and they, the episodes were an hour long just telling the one story <laughs> it was stretched beyond the breaking point. And, and like I said, it was just so goofy. It can't hold your attention. The only thing that it. these these episodes have going for it is Green Arrow guest stars in one episode. And that's the only appearance of Green Arrow you get throughout the entire series. Yeah, I was reading about that. Uh, we got uh, The Flash as well, right? And Plastic right. And Plastic Man. But Plastic Man at least eventually got his own cartoon and Flash would return in other incarnations of Super Friends. For whatever reason, we never saw Green Arrow again. Yep. So we'd never see Green Arrow again until, I guess, technically Arrow on the CW. Well, as well, I guess he would have popped up in the the 90s for the Justice League cartoon and Justice oh, League Unlimited. Right. Okay. I got you. But you don't see me getting super friends, is what you're saying. No. Gotcha. No. So, and and obviously, there must have been the some merit to the show for them to bring it back. But after this, after 1973, they did rerun the episodes twice, but then the show went off the air until 1977 when all new Super Friends Hour came back in an entirely new format. They dropped Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog and introduced the Wonder Twins and their space monkey, Gleek. That's the other thing the original series has going for it. There's no space monkey, Gleek. <laughs> Who can at times be very trying, although I'm sure he was great. The kids probably loved him. Right, right. I remember enjoying him as a kid myself. But I would, I would argue he's better than Wonder Dog, but not by much. <laughs> I mean, probably like, like, you know, I watched, I crammed in about 14 of the 15 or so episodes that we had for this season. And, um, you know, yeah, Gleek's not the best, but I actually thought he would be worse over time than he ultimately is. Like eventually just, I don't know if you get used to him. I don't know if it's just, you find him eventually amusing. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, yeah, well, you know, as much as I should not like this character at all, it's like, it's not that bad. You know, I don't, I don't know. It grows on you, I guess. I have no idea. As obnoxious as Gleek can be, the real problem is on several occasions he screws up so badly right. 
he puts the super friends and therefore the universe in jeopardy. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because he's running across, across the Justice League computer and he shorts it out and they can't <laughs> contact Aquaman. But I mean, his his caretakers are only somewhat better. Yeah. I mean, well, well, Jan's got a reasonable head on her shoulders. She screws up every once in a while. Uh, 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 Jaina, rather. Zan, on the other hand, is he's he's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> he is he is danger. He is he is danger. I, I would submit he is more dangerous than Gleek. Yeah. Well, I, I prefer the Wonder Twins over Wendy and Marvin. Oh hell yeah! Or I, would, I mean, it sounds like it. Like I mean, again, yeah. I don't know. I but I <laughs> they're they're amazing. I, mean, I, I would have to imagine they're far better. They do have superpowers, first of all. And two, they are similar. That is something that kind of carried over from Wendy and Marvin. The girl was more intelligent and more grounded and thought things through, whereas, you know, the boy was more impetuous right. yep. and leapt before he looked. Right. Um, I've always felt growing up that Zan and Jaina were clearly modeled after Donnie and Marie Osmond. I mean, yeah, they got the hair. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, it's it's. I would agree. Like I, that's all I can see too. So, you know, if you're wrong, I'm going down with you. But they they definitely look. It it definitely feels that way. I I've tried to look into it. I could not find any proof that Donnie and Marie ever had a pet monkey. But <laughs> I don't just the look every, is spot every episode. on. I, I yeah. remember she was a little bit country and he right. was a little bit rock and roll. But the, I mean, the that's the thing. Is... It's like, that's the, you're right. I mean, the look, the dynamic, everything does just kind of scream Donnie and Marie. Right down to the purple leisure suits they wear. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the structure of All New Super Friends Hour basically it was an hour long show with commercials. And it would start with you'd get about a 10 minute cartoon that featured a team up between two of the main five super friends. Actually, I should say two of the main four super friends, because as far as the show is concerned, Batman and Robin count as one hero. Yeah. And there's, there's some stuff to unpack with that, or at least in their treatment of the show. Then there would be another 10-minute episode that was really the educational message episode featuring the Wonder Twins by themselves. And um, we'll get more into that, but usually there was they would answer the teen trouble alert because yes. a couple of teenagers got themselves in a jam and the super friends and the police can't be bothered to deal with this nonsense. <laughs> Call in the Wonder Twins. You go get the vandals at the high school. You, you know, yeah. I mean, ten-year-old me or nine-year-old me, when when you know this was on in the background, and I'm just, oh my god, this is so dumb. I probably would have told you that you know Zan and Jaina are the worst, and you know that the, the whole show is stupid and largely because of them, and etc. But they're like my favorite part of the show. <laughs> my favorite part. <laughs> the third part would be the longest part, and it would involve all the super friends. Superman, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and the Wonder Twin, Twins all together involved in one big case. And it would be about a, a, the half, a half hour of the hour program. Yeah. And then that would be followed by another about 10 minute long episode with one of the main super friends and a special guest star. And this is where they first introduce Black Vulcan. Yeah. 
Apache Chief and Samurai, and it would also be the return of the Flash. We would get Adam and Green Lantern, and we would get Hawkman and Hawkwoman would also yep. be considered one hero to team up with one of the the heroes. Yeah. What, what about uh, Rima? Oh yeah, that's right, Rima the Wonder <laughs> Girl. That's now Rima, Rima the Jungle Girl. Now, we will get into Rima because there's a lot to to talk about with Rima. But then there's one last thing: is throughout the show there would be usually during the commercial break, going into commercial break and coming out of commercial break, you would have a safety tip with you know <laughs> one of the heroes coming along with the kids and telling them about you know general safety <laughs> tip, a general health tip, and then there was the magic trick and or an arts and crafts that you could do at home, like you know make a pair of maracas with paper plates, <laughs> the old yes. you know two paper cups and a string to make a telephone. You know, Aquaman showed you how to make a piggy bank with an old plastic bottle. You know, you know stuff like that. And 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 most importantly, yeah. and I'm gonna brag. Uh, I'm gonna brag right now. I nailed every single one of those Dakota words. <laughs> oh, every yeah, one of them. I nailed them, my friend. So, nice. nailed them. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that meteor was- medallion. I know them all. That was the general structure of the episodes. So now let's just open up the discussion. Because I I should also point out, as Todd mentioned, he's kind of a newbie to this. Yep. Mike and I both grew up watching this. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was a staple of our Saturday morning, um, you know, routines and. And uh, one one thing that I wanted to mention, uh, Todd, you know, specifically for, you know, like younger people uh, is like this was all we had for superheroes back Mm -hmm. then. I mean, you know, I mean, nowadays everybody's spoiled with the Marvel movies and and God help us some of the DC movies that some of them are decent, but uh, you know, most of them are not great, but, but back then this is all we had. (laughs) I totally hear you. No, I totally hear you. Like I feel bad in a way that I, I feel bad that, as much as I'm going to glow about this show, it's going to be mostly in, in irony, but honestly, I mean, it's the most entertainment I've had in a long time. Like I just, I loved every second of oh, good, every good. mind boggling moment of the show. It blew my mind. I've missed out. You know, I've, I've full on missed out these last 47 years of not watching the show. Well, because well, you again, like, well, younger me was just like, again, I was too cool for the room. I was just like, Oh, this is just too dumb for me. It was, <laughs> it seems too young for me. And also I had never really engaged with comic books in general, much less these characters. Like I knew who they were, but I never really, I never really followed them either way. Like Matt had a vested interest in following these guys. I just never really connected with them. So it was just, a, you know, it was just like any other show that you're not likely to ever watch because right. you just don't care. Like, you know, it's, it's like someone watching a sport. You don't really care about that sort of thing. Well, um, you know, interestingly enough, I did not get, I, I was not into comic books when I was younger. I, I did not start collecting comic books until like the, uh, the mid nineties. So, um, if you went to the characters, uh, though, no, no, you to the show. I mean, everybody, you know, when I, when I was growing up, everybody knew who Superman was. I mean, you sure. know, Batman and Robin. But, I mean, this was really my first uh, foray into uh, into watching this. I mean, there was a right Superman animated uh, series that was on, I think, in the 60s. And that was playing in reruns. Uh, so I did catch that on occasion. But this was really my first, you know, look at all of these characters. And, 
you know, I, I mean, it was just fantastic for me, especially when the uh, guest stars showed up and you got to see other, uh, you know, other uh, superheroes like Hawkman and, uh, you know, uh, the Adam when the Adam showed up, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, this is really a, a big part of my uh, of my Saturday mornings, and God bless my parents. They they would let me sit there like a vegetable from <laughs> in the morning until noontime, and you know watch all these shows. <laughs> but you were learning valuable lessons. That's yes. right. Valuable <laughs> skills. I yes. was being taught how to make a piggy bank out of a plastic box. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And a sun shaker. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, which I'm I, sure the parents loved the sound of. Yeah. I was always big into comic books. I, I cannot remember a part of my life before comic books. Oh, wow. So you were now you were already into these guys before you knew of the show, right? Like that's always been well, my understanding, or at least around the same time, because you were you would have been what, yes, they would have the overlapped. Done, but, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. And so that, yeah, this show was the reason why, as a kid, I was way more into DC comics than I was Marvel. Yep. And the Justice League of America was my favorite comic book because I already knew these characters. Right on. You gotcha. know, I didn't feel like, you know, I, if I picked up the Avengers as a kid, I didn't know who any of those people were. I knew right. who Spider-Man was because he had his cartoon as well. Yep. But, yep. I mean, you could pick up an issue of the Justice If you knew Super Friends, you could go and see an issue with the Justice League of America and say, I know all these people. Let me buy yeah. this and I can, I can read this. I don't have to wait till Saturday morning to get another adventure. Right. Yeah. Like young me, like I was, I was like all into GI Joe and Rambo and all that stuff. So like this stuff just didn't, this stuff never clicked to me. The uh, comics in general just didn't click to me for quite a while. Probably not until, you know, well into my teens. Um, um, so yeah, I just, I really just missed out on the show. I never appreciated for what they were throwing at me. Um, but when, when Matt suggested this episode, I was at first, I was just like, all right, well, I'll try my best. I'll watch some episodes. I thought <laughs> I would be like, all right, I'll dig through it. But oh man, <laughs> next thing I know, I'm like six episodes in, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a blast. Oh, There's so much to unpack in the show. I was like, Matt, I don't know if we could do this in one episode. Like I could, I could do one episode just on the, the, the secret four or just on a doula or just on any one Xana Jaina moment, you know? There, I've been bugging that all week with these random questions and just like, what is going on? It's a yeah, there, there is a lot to unpack. Some of these episodes are pretty deep. Yeah. You know? And uh, some of them are, are very forgettable, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens and it's pretty entertaining, you know? Oh, it's incredibly entertaining. Well, it's, it's like every sci-fi movie. It's like every, um, every, every like B sci-fi movie plot thrown into every episode all at the same time. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and some of the stuff you can even see where they get their inspiration from. Like, there's the episode Planet of the Neanderthal Men, yeah. which involves time travel. It is clearly a Planet of the Apes. Planet right? of the Apes, straight yeah. up, straight yeah. up. Or how about how about the uh, the um, archaeologist Dr. Karloff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the names of yeah. the characters, like yeah. the one, the doctor that creates the ray that makes you super intelligent is Dr. Crane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the names are the best. Oh, what was the other one like? Um, was it the yeah the collector? He was like Doctor. Oh, something dome. <laughs> oh yes, Doctor. The the, uh, the names are amazing. Heads or something. It was something, something like that. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and it was the family name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the family is weird. Like one of the things I love about this show too is that like 
80 percent of the characters are more or less serious but there's always 20 percent that are just off for some reason like their voice is way out of whack yeah. um there's always like that one or two characters where you're just like whoa i wasn't expecting that especially when it comes to like i forget which episode it was it doesn't really matter but it was one of the uh, it was either like one of the craft or safety tip episodes where there's this kid who by the animation i assumed was like eight but then the voice comes out of it and i nearly fell out of my chair because it was totally not the voice i was expecting you get yep. the, the show just gives and gives and gives <laughs> the what's wonderful about this show is that you know as everything is like it's all nice and homey and and very you know safe what I find kind of charming about it is, if you think about it, if the Super Friends were real, and at the drop of the hat, the United Nations or any, because they get calls from all over the world on their trouble alert, and within seconds, the Super Friends yep. are going in there, you would get this, you know, very, world peace. Yeah. You, you would get this almost utopian world, yep. because in this world, too, Mankind has clearly mastered space travel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they've got rockets and space lab. And if you think about it, it would make sense because the super friends are out there keeping the world safe and at peace. Mankind has time to, like, you know, deal with with other things and and invent these, these great inventions. And if one of them does go wrong and somebody decides to use it for evil... Bam, the super friends are right there to, to set them straight. A lot of times it's just like, now you go in the corner and think about what you've done, Dr. Cranum. Yes, I will. And next time I it's, will make sure oh, I, I hope you learned a lesson. I, I will only use my powers for good, Superman. Right. After saving the day, like the first, oh, virtually the first thing that uh, one of the super friends say is, I hope you learned a lesson about. It's like, that's the most concerning <laughs> thing to them is learning a lesson from there, what you just did. The episode called Invasion of the Earthers, where these underground rock people yes. are trying to steal our bedrock. Right. Yes. <laughs> and they're causing earthquakes. And one family, they're, they're trapped in the car because they're on this, this, this last section of, of ground that hasn't collapsed. And they're going to fall into this chasm. And Batman and Robin show up in the Batmobile. And Robin says, looks like we're going to need to use the bat ski lift yes to rescue them <laughs> yes oh my god batman's utility belt deserves its own show <laughs> so they erect the ski lift and save the day and superman yep. and they the super friends all confront the earthers and they're about to have this battle and the earthers are like well, well we, we we need this bedrock to survive you know we we this it's 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 necessary for our civilization and superman's like well, why didn't you ask? And the Earth is almost sheepishly like, well, well, we, we didn't we didn't think of it. And then Superman flies off to space, grabs a hold of an asteroid that's the, made of the, the stone they need, flies yep. it back to Earth and says, here you go. This will keep you going for about 10,000 years. <laughs> I, yep. I mean, so <laughs> like five, not even five minutes into maybe two and a half minutes into the first episode <laughs> the um dr cranum creepy very effectively creepy dr cranum by the way with the big creepy head and the big creepy voice and he's got that like creepy mind powers and um you know so he sends the he's 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 turned into 
Dr. Cranum, I guess, and, you know, the, the supervillain. And he's lifted the car. Now, mind you, the running theme with most of the villains in this movie is usually some sort of form of like misguided altruism. Like in the case of Dr. Yeah. Cranum, he wants to make everybody super smart, but he's going to force everybody to be super smart. Like that's the, usually the, the thing. It's like someone has great idea, but they're going to force everyone to do it, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> and um, so anyways, Dr. Cranum, the first, one of the first things he does as the police are trying to stop him is he lifts their car to the top of a skyscraper. Right. So seconds later, the police are talking to the super friends. Now, Superman is standing there. Superman, Aquaman, all of the super friends, they're standing there. And the police explain, like, yeah, this creepy guy like lifted the car up at a skyscraper with the mind with, with his mind. To which Batman goes, This sounds like a job for Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it doesn't. It no. definitely does not. <laughs> Maybe look to your left. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a job for the man of steel. Right. Which- Usually is. <laughs> I always, they always like to call out, like it's usually Aquaman. He's always so excited. Oh, water. Yeah, that's me. That's me. See you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, usually in this, this show, they had did have to find some reason that Superman had to either be busy doing something else or inv- Kryptonite was somehow involved just right. to keep Superman from easily saving the, you know, the day all by himself. Right, because, yeah, Superman is the end-all, be-all as far as superheroes. I mean, he can do anything, essentially. So, yeah. What I've grown to appreciate about this show, and and it almost always seems to be Batman and Robin um, like this, is that, like, it's it's not afraid to show the superheroes looking bad. In other words, like, getting caught, getting getting captured, getting whatever. Because going back to the thing I was just talking about, so Superman, I'm sorry, uh, Batman and Robin, and um, Wonder Woman go off to fight Dr. Cranum, get immediately captured. <laughs> they get immediately stopped by this guy that we've you know only just seen like once, which is not something I'm used to thinking, especially about DC superheroes, right? Like usually they have their stuff together. And <laughs> um, so Wonder Woman, you know, she tries her lasso. It gets immediately disintegrated by the mind ray. Well, not, I'm sorry, no, it gets turned around and then she gets wrapped up with the lasso. So that Batman and Robin, ever the tacticians, just charge. <laughs> then immediately get disabled. It's, it's stuff like that all the time. It's it's wonderful. It's like you can't you can't miss anything well, in any you know, episode. And, you and just can't. A lot of times the um a lot of times the Wonder Twins pick the artists like you know, Zan can yes. turn into any type of water yep. ice thing. Jaina can turn into any animal that she can think of. And oftentimes you're like, um, why did you turn into a mouse <laughs> right. to deal with this situation? Right. And and then when she turns into a mouse at one point and has to run back to the Super Friends headquarters. Oh, my God. Batman. The Hall of Justice and Batman's like, all right, well, you know, she can't turn back until she, the, the Wonder Twins can only change their form after they've made physical contact with each other. Yeah, that's amazing. She's stuck as a mouse, but fortunately (laughs) Batman can put her in the bat mouse holder on his utility belt and take care of her until they can get her. (laughs) No, again, I didn't watch the show much as a kid, but I did see that line and I've remembered it. I've never forgotten. (laughs) I've never forgotten that. Oh God. 
Well, you know, um, I did watch that little video that you sent me, Matt, and, and uh, that really sums it up. Uh, did, did you see that as well, Todd? The uh, I did, yeah. Like that's yeah. that's a parody, of course, of a, right, of a real right, episode, right. but it, it does so sum true. up like how it should have gone. Yes, it's so <laughs> true. Why would right. you, even the guy before he's mauled by the bear? Why would you turn yourself into a gopher? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, not well, a bear. <laughs> well, and that's that's one of the things. Like, so in the first episode, Zan and Jaina very wisely tur- to do something. I forget exactly what, but. Jan, Jan turns into like a huge pterodactyl to save like a plane, right? Yeah. And um, so, That's okay, correct. fine. But then yep. later, when they have to fly to Florida, for whatever reason, Z- uh, Jana picks a pigeon, <laughs> which then gets attacked by a hawk, which, of course, when it's like, Jane, you know you could have picked like anything. <laughs> you picked a pigeon. When you yep. know damn well you could have, like last episode, you picked an eagle and a pterodactyl. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like I like I said, it's it's again, I'm mocking it, but you could I hope you could tell by the sound of my voice I had a blast watching no, these episodes. Yeah. No, that, total that's blast. Some of these episodes are kind of creepy, like the one you're talking about in Florida with the attack mm-hmm. of the marshmen. Those are weird, yeah. That's almost a zombie episode because anybody the marshmen touch turns into a marshman as well. Yeah, that's pretty And they have this eerie sound effect they give off as yes. they, you know, move off. So it's oh. kind of freaky. I mean, yeah. the sound effects, again, even for someone who didn't watch it much, like the sound effects, I, I remember every single one of them, including, including, of course, the iconic opening. But all of the, like, you know, Aquaman's, like, ping sound, um, it's just unforgettable. Like, it's burned, in, it's burned into even my brain. Yeah. I, um, I still, to this day, I get goosebumps when I hear the, uh, the intro. And uh, yeah. I, I'm not kidding about that. I, you know. Oh, I, I, wife, I believe it. If my wife knew that, she'd probably divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, no, I totally, I totally mean, get it though. I love you, the music. You didn't in have that too. as the as your wedding song. No, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried, dun, but done, done, done. Yeah. How about just dun, 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 dun. I know. You know that's you know that's one thing I wanted to mention is the music. Um, it's great. It's yeah, Hoyt Hoyt Curtin, who there's almost no information about him online, but I, I I managed to pick up a CD of his years ago. I mean, this guy was responsible for some of the best music that was ever made. I mean, the Flintstones, the Jetsons, uh, Battle of the Planets, Johnny Quest, which is another one of my favorite shows, um, you know, and, and the Super Friends. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, this guy really, you know, he created some phenomenal music. Um, you know, I don't know who did the sound effects, but uh, the, the music was Hoyt Curtin. So oh, fantastic. Yeah, because yeah. no, the music is great in this. Yeah, it really and that's one of the things I remember from a kid. It's being, such a great groove. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I I, I would just uh <laughs> when I was out having my little adventures as a kid, I, I could I could hear that music going in my head, you know? Absolutely. So, it's iconic. No, it's absolutely it, it really is. It really is. Yeah. So Yeah. Some of the um some of the 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 let, I want to talk about some of the the interstitials, like some of the safety tips. Okay, because sometimes it's just like odd that you know the kids are in their backyard talking about like, "Ooh, look at this plant! Why don't we eat it for supper tonight?" For our, and all of a sudden, Wonder Woman walks in like, right. yeah, "Don't do that! That plant could be poor." Wonder- They're what? just patrolling. Were yeah. you hiding in our bushes back there, Wonder Woman? <laughs> And and did anybody notice that Wonder Woman wears earrings? It doesn't seem to have any discernible ears. Yes, yes, I I have noticed that. I was I was noting that earlier. Yep. Well, I mean, she flies an invisible jet that everybody can totally see her in. 
So, well, that's the thing. <laughs> There's all like, sorts of questions. Cartoon, you've seen the outlines of the jet. Right. But otherwise, what really you should see is a woman flying at supersonic speed in a sitting position. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes Aquaman's in the jet with her reading the instrument panel. And you're like, how are you reading the instrument panel on an invisible jet? Yeah, it should all be invisible. <laughs> it's very. But true. back to the, the the like one of the health tips, and this one just still blows my mind. Is Superman's flying along and he looks down like, "Oops, looks like there's trouble down below in the woods," and it cuts down, and this little boy is running for his life as a grizzly bear is chasing after him. Yeah, that's okay. I call that trouble. He's a little <laughs> bit more than trouble. Superman <laughs> swoops down, flies the kid home, and you're like, you're ready for the lesson to be, don't go in the woods by yourself, how to react around animals. No, no, no. Because like, gee, I don't know, Superman. Usually I can run a lot faster. And Superman's <laughs> like, you didn't have the energy because you skipped breakfast this morning. <laughs> no. <laughs> Superman, unless the kid's breakfast is methamphetamines, <laughs> no right. breakfast is giving you the energy to outrun a bear. Right. So please don't fill kids up with the idea that if you eat your Wheaties in the morning, <laughs> right. you're going to outrun forest creatures that are trying to devour you. Yeah, the, the reality well, is you have to outrun your little friend you know, who's a little bit slower than you. Yeah, that's, that's the part they didn't show you, the yep. little brother that was already eaten by the bear. <laughs> well, what if what if you didn't not only just ate the Wheaties, which is only part of a complete breakfast, what if you ate the complete breakfast? Could you outrun a bear then? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Because usually part of the complete breakfast was a side of bacon, and you're probably going to have a, you know some some heart trouble as you're trying to outrun that bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, go ahead. Some of my, you know, again, so a lot of my favorite parts too have to do with, of course, the special guest stars. Yes, and like I said, this is the show that introduced Black Vulcan. Yep. Now, do you know the story behind Black Vulcan? I, I I actually don't. So yeah, please let us know. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mean you've told me before, but I want you to tell it. Yeah. I assume you're probably both at least aware of Black Lightning, the sure. DC Comics character with electrical powers, played oh. by Sinbad oh. on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Black Lightning was created by Tony Isabella for DC Comics in the seventies. Ah. And he had it in his contract that he would actually get royalties for use of the character, which was incredibly rare at the time. It's still yeah. very rare. Usually when you create a character for Marvel or DC, they have ownership on it, but he, right. he actually got royalties. That's incredible. Uh, well, when Anna Barbera went to DC and was, you know, licensed the characters for the cartoon and they wanted to introduce more diverse characters, they said, we want to use Black Lightning. Well, DC said no, because if you do, you owe us more money because Tony right. Isabella gets royalties. Right. And Hanna-Barbera is like, no, no, no. We've already licensed the DC characters. If he gets royalties, that comes out of your cut. And as it turns out, that was how it should have been. DC needed to pay yeah. Tony Isabella some of their money. Exactly, yeah. Right. But That's they refused to, go. to do it. So Hanna-Barbera created Black Vulcan. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure Tony uh, Isabella, you said, he probably wasn't too happy about that. Well, in an issue of Black Lightning that he was writing at the time, 
there's an issue where Black Lightning goes to this circus and one of the performers is a fake Black Lightning <laughs> that is being the manager is Barbara Hannah oh, who created this fake Black Lightning. <laughs> so, yeah, he had, uh, although it wasn't until later that he found out that it was really DC that screwed I was going to say, yeah, he's technically going after the wrong people. So they created, you know, Black Lightning. Uh, we had we got Samurai, who is, you know, the Japanese hero who has wind powers. He's basically Red Tornado uh, as a human. And then Apache Chief, who could grow to a- enormous size. And did you have something there? I was going to say, oh, what about Rima? Well, was Rima created by the show or by the... Rima is the only character... In this show, that was not a DC Comics character and not an original creation of Hanna-Barbera. Oh, so yet a third party. Rima first appears in a 1904 novel called Green Mansions. Oh, yeah, of course. And in in Super Friends, she's kind of a female Tarzan. Right. In the novel, she's more like the embodiment of nature. Okay. It's kind of like a um like Mother Nature. Kind of not exactly. More more of like a, a physical like she's still kind of human, but more of a physical embodiment of the forest and the animals that dwell in the forest. Interesting. Now I I assume she looks human? Yes. Okay. She's Although, not like covered in bark or something? No, I, I but I guess she she like she speaks in a weird bird like language as Got well it. as English. Got it, got it, got it. And okay. I've never read the novel, but I get the impression that she, being kind of a spirit of the earth, she could be reborn as a plant is reborn type of thing. Oh, wild. Okay. It, it's it's really... Now, DC did license the character, and there was a very short-lived Rima the Jungle Bird girl comic book at the time which is probably why she was in the super friends to help promote the comic okay but also people pointed out like you know mark wade and some others who are on the the special features of this pointed out ecology was a huge thing in the 70s so having her in the show as an ecological warrior as well right kind of filled in that aspect of it It i mean it makes sense yeah you you use what you have in your catalog why wouldn't you yeah that's interesting okay other than her two appearances in this show, she came back for one other episode, I think, in season five, and that was all you ever got of her. Hmm. Now, did any of these? Uh, well, okay, so you just explained Rima, but the the ones that were invented, I guess, by Hanna Barbera, so Black Vulcan, um, Samurai, and Apache Chief, and I guess, uh, well, yeah, we'll just stay with those three for now. Did any of them ever appear in the comics? No, okay. not in, in, not in regular comic book continuity. Anyways, okay. No. Now Zan and Jaina were they a Hanna Barbera invention? Yes. Okay. Now I I do believe that they did eventually appear in the comics one way or the other. But... Well, n- not only did they appear in the comics, but there was a Super Friends comic that ran during the late seventies, early eighties right. as well, and there were regular characters in that. Yep. Are those stories, or any of these for that matter, in any way considered canon whatsoever? Well, <laughs> E. Nelson Bridwell, who wrote the comic book, 
really wanted the show and the comic book to be part of DC regular continuity. And he bent over backwards to explain it all. According to him, the Super Friends are a sub-team of the Justice League of America, of Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Aquaman. And their goal is basically like not only community relations, but basically ambassadors for the young people and to train new superheroes. Uh, oh, okay. wow. Okay. All right. I'm buying it. <laughs> I'm buying it. Go on. Yeah. Well, in fact, he even, the reason why Wendy and Marvin, the two characters of the first season, he even tied them in that what Wendy was the niece of a detective that helped train a young Bruce Wayne no in way. detecting crime. Wow. So wow. Batman became her sponsor. And Marvin is the son of the real Diana Prince. What? Because in the comic books, Diana Prince was a real woman who worked in the military. And when Wonder Woman came to Man's World, she worked with Diana Prince to use her identity. And Diana Prince ended up being married and had a son who was Marvin. And that's why Wonder Woman sponsored him as membership into the Super Friends. Huh. Oh, give this man. What's, who'd you say his name was? E. Nelson Bridwell. Give the man a gold star. I like oh, it. E. Nelson Bruce Bridwell was one of those people I that like had it. an encyclopedic knowledge of the DC universe. I uh, like it. I like it. Good for him, man. Good for him. Good for you, it, e. Nelson Bridwell. In the comics, he explains that Wendy and Marvin leave as junior members because they get both get accepted to college. Oh, jeez. Okay. And then the Wonder Twins arrive in that same issue from their planet Exor to train with the, the super friends on how to use their powers better. Yeah. I feel like if you asked him like what their, what their like majors were and what their grade point averages were, he would have an answer like that. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> like here, let me show you my notes. <laughs> and he would have a way to explain any inconsistencies that happened. Right. Right. And like whoever Wendy's third boyfriend was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's he, awesome. He was, though, actually, that's kind of great. I like it. He was really, really um, into making everything matter and and line up and match. Wow, I wish I had that time, kind of time on my hands. <laughs> well, it was his job, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, you're writing comic books. You kind of oh, okay, you know. job, yeah. Um, so could we talk Zan and Jaina for a minute? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. can we talk about the super? Uh, uh, yeah, Wonder Twins rather. And their complicated relationship with their uh, space monkey Gleek. <laughs> a couple of things <laughs> stick out in their interactions. One of them, which just blows my mind entirely. So it starts off, it's it's one of those, um, they are saving teenagers. I think in this case, it was the guys breaking into the print shop and busting up the print shop. But when they yep. cut over to Zan and Jaina, they're playing a volleyball game. And, you know, uh, Zan being Zan is bragging about how awesome he is at volleyball. And he's got the volleyball in his hand and he's he's explaining about how he's going to use all of his strength to do like a super smashing spike. <laughs> to which the volleyball then starts vibrating in his hand, unwraps itself, untwines itself like, like the core of a baseball on the inside. So like this was like a wrapped, you know, volleyball. And inside of it was Gleek the whole time. <laughs> do you... 
I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how that discussion started. Because <laughs> it wasn't like Gleek was polymorphed into a volleyball. No, he was like deliberately wrapped and then like sutured inside of a volleyball. <laughs> Probably uh, his punishment for breaking the Justice League computer again. I mean, okay. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, to be fair, Zan's great idea in order to clean the computer room of all of like the most ridiculously important equipment that mankind will ever know is to turn into a wave. He turns into a wave to clean the floor, which on the one hand is very smart, but on the other hand, you know, computers. Well, and when you think about it, too, is like, all right, let's say he turns into water and rinses away all the dirt. Well, now does he have to shower to yes. get all that dirt off of him? Well, yeah, does that work? <laughs> and there was some, some rather, there's, there's a part where, and this is just, it's very disturbing because... Jaina turns into a whale. Yes. And he turns into a water spout coming yes. out of her blowhole. Yes. Oh. Well, that's all I'm going to leave that there. That's 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 How about the fact how, how about the fact that 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 they bathe how about the fact that Zan and Jaina bathe Gleek in a bathtub full of guess who? Zan. <laughs> And Jaina turns into a horse so she can brush him with her tail. Oh boy, that happened. <laughs> well, there were times where where Jaina has turned into an elephant, sucked up water, Zan into her trunk, and spit it out at the bad guys. Yeah, Zan that. Zan did at least draw the line at being drank by Gleek when they were in the desert. <laughs> he did at least draw the line then. Oh, we don't they, know. They are something else. Those two. We don't know how siblings relate to each other on Planet Exor, so maybe yeah. we shouldn't it, judge another culture. It's different. <laughs> it, well, that's that's where I yeah exactly that's where I go with it. It's just just like well they are what they are, but yeah it's they, they are fascinating. Like I said, they ended up being my favorite part of the show pretty much uh, because just whatever they did was just I was enraptured by it because it was just the <laughs> silliest, strangest thing that could possibly be doing. What's fun is like as much as you know. Gleek screws stuff up with his stupid bumbling, and you do really want to wrap him in a volleyball and spike him. <laughs> yeah. While the Wonder Twins are not perfect, they do try. They're and sincere. They're, not, yeah. they're usually not incompetent. No, no. When I mean, yeah. Usually, when it comes to the big, the big thing, which is typically after their episode, I think. Um, they're they're pretty competent, yeah. I like mean, the the worst they'll do is make some goofy mistake, which again they're trainees and teenagers, so you're willing to let that go. Or like I said, as uh, um, <laughs> Jaina will turn into like the worst possible of any animal she could have picked, <laughs> she'll turn into like the worst possible thing she could have picked. Yeah. <laughs> Until one time she 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 acts well on purpose because she does it. She decides to turn into like a caterpillar, <laughs> and immediately is like, oh damn it, why did I turn into a caterpillar? <laughs> Yeah. Why they don't change back immediately at that point, I have no idea. But then she later is captured, put into this like glass vial. I think this is the Earthers who do it. That's what matters. And she turns into a butterfly, which I just thought was awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was a nice touch. She escapes by turning into a butterfly, and then just kind of passes it off when when um, when when San asks about it. <laughs> There's a really effective Wonder Twins episode about hitchhiking. Yes. Yes, that's, that's super creepy. 
I really have to applaud because it's all it's you know it's a typical cartoon and the two teenage girls want to go to the beach and should they're waiting for the bus stop and one of the girls like ah, I'm gonna hitchhike and the other girl's like no no it's dangerous I'm gonna take the bus why don't you get on the bus with me no 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 I'm gonna hitchhike so later the girl who take the took the bus is at the beach beach waiting for the other girl and I'm thinking well, obviously the bus got them there faster. So why did the girl hit? Oh wait, she wanted to save her money. That's money right. for the jukebox. Yeah, yep. yeah. She didn't want to pay the bus fare. Right. And the guy, you know, when the guy picks her up, he you can tell he's kind of creepy, but he isn't drawn to like those proportions. They could make him look creepy. Well, like they make every other villain, basically. Well, so he picks her up and they're driving along and the friend sees them drive past and she's like, oh no, my friend's in trouble. I better call the Wonder Twins. And the girl's like, that's where I wanted to get off. Why didn't you stop? And the guy never makes any obvious statement about his intentions, which only makes it creepier. Yeah. Because it's not one of those, oh, I'm going to hold you for ransom or whatever. And then when the girl escapes the car, when he slows down, she jumps out of the car and goes running off. He goes chasing after her. Yep. It is really disturbing. And, of course, the Wonder Twins get there in time to save her and capture the guy. Yep. And I really like the fact that they leave it to your imagination because if anything's going to prevent you from hitchhiking, it's not going to be some stupid, lame, like, well, I was going to hold her for, you know, right. ransom or, you know, right. something less innocent than would obvious would probably be the case. Sure. No, they didn't try to cute it up at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My favorite episode of this whole chunk is the one that really uses an actual DC villain because they don't for most of this. No. Right. They, they come close. Instead of Black Manta, they have Manta. Just Manta, yeah. Instead oh, I thought that's who you were going they with. have Dr. Fear. Why not just Scarecrow? I don't know. Right. But they use the Gentleman Ghost. And it starts off with a henchman resurrecting him from the grave. With this weird voodoo ritual, yeah, and then he goes to a, a, a delegate, a, a, not the UN, but basically a meeting of international leaders, and says that if Wonder Woman and Superman do not surrender themselves to him for foiling his plans years ago, he's going to turn them all into ghosts. And he starts turning them on to, into ghosts, and they look frightening. Yeah. They look like damned spirits condemned to roam the earth. And, and when you think about it, it's like, he's basically murdering these people. Yep. He's murdering right, these right. world leaders, turning them into ghosts. And after he gets a bunch of them and Superman, because at one point Aquaman throws himself in front of a door. Well, you're not getting past me. You're like, well, I'll just go through the wall because I'm a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And he gets a bunch of them. Wonder Woman and Superman go and surrender to him. And he turns them into ghosts. And he condemns them to haunt the mansion that he's using as a hideout for the rest of eternity. It is really disturbing. And it's also a really well done episode where even Aquaman gets to really make great use of his powers. Because there's one point where he and Zan, Zan has turned himself into a cloud of mist to help investigate, which 
normally you'd be like, um, why? Yeah. But then when he and Aquaman get trapped in this, in a death trap and the walls are coming in to crush them, he notices that there's, you know, because they're in a swamp, he notices there's a little leak and some water's coming in. So he uses his, his telepathic powers to make more microscopic swamp creatures come in, bringing water with them to flood the room because water can't be crushed. And that saves them being crushed from the walls. And of course, since Zan is already in his water form, he's not going to drown. And Aquaman, of course, doesn't drown either. Yep. It's just, it's, it's a great episode. It really, it, it really feels more uh, like a comic book than most of these episodes, which, you know, because like we said before, this is for kids. It's a little dumbed down. It's a little safer, not nearly as bad as the first season, but still, you know, consumable for kids on Saturday morning. Right. The... Well. The final ones, too, because I always love seeing Flash and Green Lantern in particular, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the more, you know, B-level heroes. They had some odd, Green Lantern had some odd uses for his power ring. Yes. Because he can fly <laughs> with the power ring, but you would see him flying off with Superman and he's like, well, I'll get the Lantern jet, which is just a green version of the black bat plane. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why isn't he just playing? Okay, they got there. I'm like, now I'm going to tr- make myself a jeep to explore the jungle. Like, I, why? Just fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's there's this where he and Aquaman are trying to rescue miners, and that's the other thing is most of the guest star team ups really were kind of rescue missions, which I really right. enjoyed as well, because yep. instead of giving them a villain to fight and worrying about a lesson, it usually is like, there's a forest fire, we gotta go rescue people. Right. Um, you know, these archaeologists are on the River of Doom, we gotta go rescue them. Right. This one was people trapped in a mine, and the mine is also flooding, so Aquaman and, and Green Lantern are down there trying to get them out, and they realize, like, oh, we need to batter through this this collapsed rock. And Aquaman's like, well, let's go get a whale. And we'll use the whale to swim through the water and bash through that barricade. And I'm like, is that easier than Green Lantern just drilling? Well, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Aquaman's like, hey, I'm here. We're using my powers. This is my <laughs> world. Yeah. yeah. We all agreed that if we're underwater, I was in charge. All right, so we're going to have to have a poor whale bash his head against a bunch of rocks. To re- yes, yes, that's what we're going to do. All right. It, that's right. Can we, can we talk about all the animal abuse that Aquaman is responsible right. for? <laughs> He's king of the seas. They are his subjects. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like you said, I mean, having a uh, whale bash its head against a submarine or something like that, I don't know. There's uh, some ethics behind that, I think. But anyway, I don't, go ahead. The, the the show almost implies like Aquaman is asking them for their help. Right. I'm pretty sure he's hypnotizing them. Into- oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I I thought that was always established was he he had full control over them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they want us to think that like if Aquaman Aquaman asks a bunch of electric <laughs> eels to form a net. They're yep. just going to be like, yeah, all right, we weren't doing anything else. <laughs> yep. 
right? They, they, they want us to believe the uh, fish, or the the yeah. uh, aquatic life are getting informed consent. You 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 know sometimes they see Aquaman swimming by and they're like, oh, pretend like you don't see him. Right. Like, quick, quick, right, swim right. away. Look swim busy. Away. Yeah, look busy. <laughs> I don't need to be fighting pirates. I'm a guppy. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, you're getting this all together so we can make a whirlpool? Well, actually, that sounds kind of fun. Okay. And the sharks are all like, the sharks are like, you know he's going to ask us first. You know he's going to ask right. us first. <laughs> um, well, good. Oh, I was going to say, that's why there's, there's that little joke in the uh, Justice League where, uh, um, you know, the the, uh, the new movie uh, where uh, Batman says to Aquaman, uh, uh, how does that work with you and the fish? You can, uh, you can, you can talk to them, right? <laughs> yeah. And he says, they talk to me. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this, I, and again, it's just another little thing where it it's the in the first episode, it's Aquaman and Black Vulcan are going to go off and do the mission. And you see them running out of the Hall of Justice and Aquaman goes running off screen and Vulcan, Black Vulcan turns into a lightning bolt to fly off to where they're going. Right. And I'm like, is Aquaman running to the ocean? Is... Yep. <laughs> he, he found a canal. There's a canal that leads to the ocean somewhere. There's the always a canal. Or maybe maybe he jumps into the sewer and just, you know, Ooh. gets dumped out. It's established the... that Aquaman can swim at super speeds, but you do sometimes see him on his little scooter. Yes. That's right, the aqua scooter, yeah. Yeah, he's got his scooter, and he's also got his, uh, his giant little uh, seahorse there, too, that he has. Yes, and you know he's always trying to, like, okay, I know Aquaman's in the Atlantic right now. Maybe I'll go vacation in the <laughs> South Pacific. I don't yep. need Aquaman riding around on my back. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have a favorite episode, but I, I do like the running theme where most of the villains are, again, mostly, like, just aggressively altruistic, right? Yep. But I, th- I maybe my favorite one, if especially because of the reveal, is the... Um, I think it's like the second episode with the secret four where it's like the um, like, you know, this mysterious group of four is, is, you know, attacking the world's like, you know, natural resources. And then they go back to like the, the secret force layer and it's these guys in these creepy hooded cloaks. And they're like, yes, we will, we will force the world to use energy better. Even if it, you know, even if we have to use chaos. So it's like, okay, they're eco terrorists or something, I guess. Um, to which they, they invent, like in, again, in order to like save the world from like overusing its resources, they 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 attack this train that's carrying like oil or or something. I think something, yeah, something important anyway. And they have like this tornado generator that's powerful enough to just suck this train up into a tornado and deposit it. I don't know where, but it's like my first thought is, well, there's your limitless energy. I mean, you just invented it, right? Like just you know some wind turbines and you're good to go. Just create these tornadoes. Yeah, really. Um. But also their next plan, again, to get the world to save its natural resources and not overuse them is to evaporate this town's like oil supply. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the super friends stop them. But again, and again, their plan is to get the world to think about all this, like, you know, natural energy usage better. So they, they, they finally unmask the secret four and it's the industrialist. <laughs> <laughs> So the industrialists were the one who were trying to stop us the whole time from abusing the, the Earth's resources. Right. Okay. Nope. I got you. Like that one. I think my jaw like hit the floor. 
And, uh, you know, I had basically just fallen deeper in like, okay, I got to watch every single episode of this because like this is this is fantastic. And it really does get crazier and better and crazier and better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, this the medulla episode is just wonderful. Amy Zahn is just yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely worth watching. I wonder if they thought Amy Zahn was the better name than Amazon because (laughs) Amazon would be way too obvious. It's a little too on the nose. Yeah. Who yeah. Again, later in Challenge of the Super Friends, they would introduce Giganta. Right. So again, it was almost like they were kind of testing things out in in this <laughs> season. Right. You know, a bit of a transition because they still had some of the lessons from the first season. They still had some of the scientists that had a lot of good intentions, and their their experiments went wrong and either turned them crazy. Or, or something else. Misguided, like, yeah, yeah. You know, the and and the the artwork. The, these look like, especially in the seventies, they look very much like the comic book counterparts. No, yeah, that's good. overly stylized or angular. I love you know the 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 nineties Batman animated adventures and Superman, but those had like a very distinct style to them. Yes. Yeah, these looked more like their comic book counterparts right. did at the time. They look like what you expect them to look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the voice work is incredible too. Oh, the voice work, especially is Superman and and Batman's voice. They just sound so perfect. Even yeah. Aquaman. No, they're all great. Um, and then the 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 narrator, like the legendary narrator. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the narrator, uh, he in the first season it was Ted Knight. Yeah. That's but right. for the rest of the show, it was Bill Woodson. Uh, Bill Woodson is my Whip Bissell Award winner. Oh hell yeah, Joe! Absolutely. Because meanwhile, he's yeah, yeah, well, yeah. How else would you know it was meanwhile right. at the Hall of Justice? It and, might right. be later at the Hall of Justice. It may have been earlier at the Hall of Justice, but because of him, you know it's meanwhile you know, it's at the Hall meanwhile. of Justice. Meanwhile, and I always liked how we introduced the Wonder Twins and their Space Monkey Gleek. <laughs> <laughs> like how he had the inflection at the end of certain things was just wonderful. Like, um, yeah. like, uh, and, you know, they returned to uh, Oceana, sister city of Atlantis. It was like dropped in those little nuggets. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The whip missile winner. And, yeah. and that little bit of exposition saves so much time in the episode. Yes. Because yep. now the heroes don't have to explain it. Now, you know, just by saying those simple little lines, he's basically the caption box in the corner of a comic book panel. Right. Yes, absolutely. And he does it with enough sincerity and charm, but still that little inflection of good humor. Sure. That is just perfect for the show. Right. Like you could almost see him reading off these lines with a wink. <laughs> and you you may also know the voice of Bill Woodson from another show from this time period starring, you know, a certain Mitch matched pair of roommates. Huh. Dun, 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 like an like an unusual dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, uh, he did the opening narration for the odd couple with okay. Oh no kidding. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, the Felix Unger was asked to leave his residence. I don't remember huh. that it's been a while since I've seen the the odd couple, but he did the opening for that one as well. Wow. Um yep. I assume, are you going to pick the uh, composer as your whistle? 
Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Hoyt Curtin doesn't get enough credit. So, yeah, I, I, that, that would be my Whit Bissell Award. The, the music is a is a legendary part of the show, it, and I found myself really, really grooving along with it. So I think that's an awesome choice. And you know, I, it, it's perfect. Almost that's like, an awesome you know, choice. You've got '80s montage music that usually like you pumps you up. Yeah, this is great. Like you said, you still get chills. It is great. It does pump you up. It does. It, make it you does. Really go out like, you know, and, if this is playing when you leave your house. Oh, you're for sure. You're running to your car, car. like top yeah, speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're running. Go, you want to run top speed out of your house. Yeah. I want to go do my job and do it better than anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Because, yeah, why, how this has never arrived on a, on a soundtrack or a CD, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I had to scramble all over the place just to find a couple of tracks from Hoyt Curtin. And uh, um, I think one of them is a Super Friends track, but I think it's just, yeah. the, uh, you know, just the, the intro. Um Oh, but like I said, he did he did all of Johnny Quest. I mean, that music is phenomenal as well, uh, you know, and uh, um, the Flintstones, the Jetsons. I mean, just, you know, stuff that we all grew up with. And it's it's just really memorable music. It so. was Eye of the Tiger before Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, it was it was the bionic man's sound, you know, for a generation of kids. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I, I think a CD of just the, 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 the ambient music throughout this, throughout the season would be pretty cool. Absolutely. I, I think the, the ambient music would be pretty, you know, cool to groove to with a book or something. Like, yeah, I, I, I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, definitely a well, way overdue. It would be, uh, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that would be a nice little soundtrack to a, you know, yeah. to a fun afternoon. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> This is just an incredible, fun show, an easy way to while away an hour or a half hour, because that's the other thing about it is because it's it's broken up into even, you know, thing. You don't have to even sit there and watch an entire episode. You can watch one or two parts of it, come right. back later and, and watch the rest. It's, you know, it, it's just great fun. Yep. Um, I have most of the collection on DVD. I don't have the first season for obvious reasons. I don't really enjoy it and ironically i can't find the lost episodes but i do have have them all and um we will come back at some point in the future to discuss other episodes of this show mike has agreed to yeah return and and help us out with that yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah i mean challenge of the super friends i mean uh you know getting all their arch enemies i mean it's just a great uh, idea and uh, turned into a great series. That's yep. going to be a lot of fun because most yep. people pick that as the highlight of the series. Right. Yeah. There's some, there are some memorable, really, really memorable episodes there. So, um, but yeah, it's just a great show that, you know, people have you know virtually forgotten because uh, uh, obviously, you know, nowadays we've got the man of steel and we've got all the live action, you know, movies. Um, but uh, no, this is, this is just, it's great fun. And, uh, uh, you know, we grew up watching this and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, have got some recommendations along the same lines. Uh, are, are we, are we ready to do some recommendations or? Yeah. Unless anybody's got anything else to say about the, the super friends in and of itself. I don't know. I don't have HBO max. Are any of these available on HBO max for streaming? Uh, you know what, when I was looking at them, I think a lot of them are available on Amazon. Oh really? That's yeah. Because when um when I 
well, full full admission, I, I just ordered four sets that I didn't have, but uh, including, uh, the, you, you know, what we just went over here. But, uh, uh, yeah, I did notice that the majority of what I was ordering was available on Amazon, I think, um, at a cost. I think you have to pay for each episode, but they are available. Now, when I, I the first time I own this and you can't see me do the air quotes because this is an audio podcast <laughs> was I was at a convention. It was probably the early nineties. And oh, a guy, yeah. you know, if you went to comic cons, there was always a guy with, you know, bootleg tapes of bootleg videotapes, Matt. I still have a ton of them. Yep. And one guy <laughs> had challenge of the super friends. Oh yeah. So I bought them and it wasn't really good quality, but it allowed me to watch the show. Yep. And then when they were first released on DVD, they were released in two separate volumes. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers released like the first 12 episodes of Challenge of the Super Friends. And I bought them like, I'm, I'm not passing this up. And I also yeah. know if I and everybody else who enjoys the show buys this, it will encourage them to release more. Yes. And they did. They released the second volume and then they finally released it all as one season. And obviously, they all sold well enough because eventually they all got out there. That's right. I remember that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere in my basement, I've got a couple of boxes full of some of those bootlegged uh, um, videotapes. I mean, like the the very first uh, X-Men uh, animated episode. Or the Pride of the X-Men one. Yes, exactly. The Pride of the X-Men. Yeah. Kitty Pride. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I... I I got to dig that out, but, uh, that, <laughs> that's how we, uh, that's the only way we could experience these back then. Cause, uh, you know, they were just unavailable for a long time. No, I mean, but, occasionally, uh, occasionally I would see like TNT might throw them on, on an afternoon and sometimes yep. cartoon network would have them, but that was only, it seemed like only for a little while they would put them on there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looks like these are, uh, I, I just pulled up Amazon. It looks like everything is available on Amazon, including the lost episodes. It, it's showing it right here available on prime video. So looks like you can watch all of them. Um, they're a dollar 99 an episode. <laughs> well, you know, that's not bad because you can pick and choose and you can buy a couple of each season and try right. out and find out what you like and buy them as you watch them. Yeah, actually, every every single season it says here is available for six ninety nine. So you can buy like all nine seasons of the Super Friends, you know, for what a whopping sixty three dollars. You know what? I think I'm gonna buy the lost episodes then. I I know I, I would uh, I would say I'd lend you my uh, my copy, but I I want to watch it again first. But <laughs> I'll, I'll have to see if I can find you a copy of that on eBay or something. I I can't even remember where I got mine. Um, and like I said, I thought I had the whole collection, and then when we were getting ready for this podcast, I'm, I'm like scrambling. I'm going, wait a minute. I'm missing stuff here. So got to catch them all. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely do. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that, that you're enjoying it, Todd, that, that, uh, you know, that warms my heart. Cause uh, it's oh, just man. great to know that people are, are, are able to watch this and enjoy it. Oh man. I was just, I was just peppering Matt with all sorts of reactions <laughs> to basically every episode. Sadly, Matt, the, the, your favorite episode, that's the only one I didn't watch. I didn't get that far. Cause see, originally Matt was just like, here, watch these handful of episodes. And yep. I'm like, okay. Um, well, and then when I started watching one, I was just like, this is amazing. So I started over and I even rewatched a couple. So I just yep. actually never got to the end. 
originally we were going to cover a lot more and then we realized like there's just too much i mean we've talked yeah. over an hour and we haven't really even gone over no. like any we've just been having such fun talking yeah about oh yeah no so, i mean i i, I started to like break this up oh, <laughs> like i started um well again the, the first episode i watched um like so Matt, yeah Matt had given me a list and but you know when i was going through the list and i saw like the pictures of it i i had seen i saw a picture of the secret four i didn't know what it was but i just saw a picture of like these four creepy hooded figures i'm like all right that could be good and that was the first one i watched and it just like blew my mind from the beginning yeah. especially when they revealed the industrials and like i i started texting matt immediately i'm like this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started watching it from the beginning like i said i, I watched it <laughs> i've seen that episode at least three times um i will re-watch certain parts you know like several times um uh oh the medulla episode i had other people watch like i watched that like three times it's great it's <laughs> it's just it was a hell of a lot of fun but i, I didn't actually get to the last episode well, you know, some of the recommendations that I was going to make was like uh, Johnny Quest. Uh, I don't know if uh, Matt, you probably watched that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would love to do to the, you know, go over that series with you guys, because I mean, that is one of my favorite series um, to, to watch. And I would highly recommend that, you know, is something comparable to this. Uh, Thundar the Barbarian is another favorite of mine. And I, and I know we did a lot of bashing of Aquaman here, but Aquaman has his own series, his own animated series. And I actually enjoyed the heck out of that series. So, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I would tell you, in my opinion, at least based on the episodes that I saw, I would, in my opinion, Aquaman acquits himself better than Batman and Robin do. Batman and Robin get usually get captured. Well, I mean, Batman and Robin don't really have any superpowers. And I know I'm going right. to piss a lot of, uh, you know, superhero fans out here that, you know, I get into this conversation a lot of times with people. You know, Batman is not, I mean, he is a superhero. I will give him that. But he's not a, um, I don't know if you want to call him a mutant or whatever, a person with, with superpowers, you well, know. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's got yeah. technology. Right. Yeah. I mean, Aquaman is clearly some kind of a, uh, well, I, not, not a mutation. He's obviously from atlantis or from under the sea or whatever um so but uh he you know he's got powers he has superpowers right. batman is just really good at crime fighting yeah. right right I, i'm just saying like know. batman batman is he's not as he's he's not as bumbling as the wonder twins can be but like if you watch these episodes he's usually getting captured almost immediately yeah he gets captured a lot <laughs> aquaman his the reason his solo cartoon works so well is because it was ocean-based yeah, and that's of course where Aquaman excels. Exactly, and plus you can get weird in the ocean. Land, he doesn't get to do as much and show off as much. Yeah, so True. yeah, and plus Aquaman he's got... is 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 underappreciated. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, check that show out. Um, I remember watching it as a kid, and and when it came out on DVD, I was like, oh, no brainer, I gotta have that. And obviously, it's got Aqua Lad, so you're introduced to him as well, and uh... Topo. Yes. <laughs> Um, the other thing I was going to recommend too is obviously any of the Scooby Doo series because uh, you know those are, are oh, yeah. very comparable too. And, oh sure. And in fact, prior to this, Batman and Robin were teaming up with Scooby Doo on a couple occasions. Exactly. Twice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wonder Mutt as well. Yes. Dynamite. Got to talk about Dynamite. Oh, Wonder Mutt never appeared in the, Wonder Mutt was never a guest. Like Wendy and Marvin were never a guest in in, in uh, Scooby Doo. No. Oh, for some reason, I was certain they were okay. No, oh, I oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Blue Falcon and, and uh, Dino, but yeah, he was that might that's probably who I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
but um, yeah. Anyway, those those are some good recommendations for stuff you know that's similar to the, the Super Friends, and uh, you know we we really did grow up with with some of the best cartoons. I mean, I try and watch some of the newer stuff now, and and uh, I, I just can't get into it the same way. Um, I mean, maybe it's because I'm older. I guess maybe I'm I'm turning into an old curmudgeon. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you don't get, you don't get, or I, I could, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I mean, um, at, at least with the, at, at least with the mainstream, like it, you don't really get stuff quite the sincere, uh, you know, yeah. anything that works or it doesn't like this was like what works and that's what makes it so charming. And partially what makes it so funny is how truly sincere it is, but yes. that's also what makes it work. You you mentioned Johnny Quest. Do you remember Danger Island? The Dang. live action. It was part of the Banana Splits. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, Chungo. Oh yes, yes. Um, I I I had kind of forgotten about that. I I remembered that a couple of years ago. I've been trying to uh, find some copies of that. That is just completely out of print, I believe. Um, if, if you go to um. Uh, what's that letter that uh, it's a letter of the alphabet followed by something that's usually in a bike tire. Um, anyways, if you go there, yep. somebody has edited the whole thing into like a three hour movie. Oh, wow. And it's really good quality. And it was the first time I ever saw how it all turned out. Really? Okay. And what do you what do you search for when you're on that? Uh, 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 just put in Danger Island. And do you yeah. know who directed those? No. Richard Donner. No way. Oh, that's unbelievable. Okay. That was directed by Richard Donner, and I didn't remember that it starred a young Jan Michael Vincent either. I remember that. I do remember. Wow. wow. Like you said, they, two hours and 41 minutes here. Good Lord. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> And it's a lot of fun. Yes. Oh boy. Um, all right, Todd. You, would you have any recommendations? Um, I mean, they're you know more or less random, I guess. But um, speaking of more modern cartoons, because uh, I mean, you named most of the older ones that I would have gone to anyway. Um, uh, it's not quite like this, but I'll, I'll admit, I'm a I'm a fan of T Titans Go. Um, that show really gets me, and I, I do laugh my ass off at it. I, I understand it's honestly not the best acquittal of these characters. If you're really fans, like sincerely the fan of these characters, like yeah, it, it's a little bit embarrassing. And especially if you were a fan of the um, the Teen Titans show that was taken away um, for this one to come in, like I get it, but I don't know. I think that show's funny as hell, uh, especially with how poorly they treat Robin throughout the entire thing. But he deserves it. Um, Another show, not super related at all, but again, just a fun animated show that I like and appreciate is um, Amazing World of Gumball. Um, very strange, very random show, but very, very smart writing that I enjoy a great deal. And what I also really appreciate about the show is that every character, well, just about every character and almost every setting is in a different animation style. So it's a mix of like hand-drawn animation, a mix of computer generation, um, a mix of even just like... Um, you know, like old school uh, South Park style where it's just like, you know, cutouts shot across the screen. Um, so just even from like the artwork aspect of it. But it's just a really fun, very silly show. And um, lastly, um, speaking of uh, uh, Johnny Quest is pretty much a parody, a much more adult parody. This was on 
um, Adult Swim for a while called uh, Venture Brothers, uh, which again was just a lot of fun. But it's a it's of an adult parody of uh, what is essentially Johnny Quest. Not not quite, but basically this era actually of um, cartoon heroes. Uh, right. Again, that's Venture Venture Brothers. It was on Adult Swim for several seasons. Might even still be on. I don't know. I've actually been trying to find the DVDs every so often. Interesting. Yeah, it's like well, a parody of this. It's a more modern parody of this. Uh, it's not like quite as on the nose or or as mean, um, but it plays. It it it's basically if the Super Friends were um, reacted to this stuff a bit more realistic, like the same situations but a bit more realistically. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go with um, you know Marvel for my first recommendation, which is Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. Oh, nice! Right on. And you can watch those on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. They're yeah. all there. Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite on there is, of course, Seven Little Superheroes because Captain America guest stars in that episode. Oh, of course. Right on. And then I'm gonna go with the team of superheroes that aren't Marvel characters, aren't DC characters, but they did first appear in comic form, comic strips. That is. The Kane Syndicate, Defenders of the Earth, oh, starring wow. Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. Phantom, Mandrake the Magician, and Lothar. And, of course, their famous Defenders of the Earth opening song, which was written by, well, the lyrics, at least, were written by Stan Lee. Right huh. on. Hell yeah. <laughs> and you can find that on, I don't know if it's Prime or Freebie, but you can watch episodes for that on, on Prime. Wow. Uh, that's that's a lot of fun. And and kind of dark, too. And what's cool about it is, again, because, you know, violence is always an issue and you can't just have your heroes blowing people up. They gave Ming an army of ice robots. And since they're robots... Flash Gordon can blast those things apart with impunity. <laughs> he can blow up their spaceships without you having to worry about showing, oh, look, they bailed out in time. They're okay. Nope. Like, they're robots. Like an every G.I. Joe. Yeah. Blow them up. Yeah. Yep. Ton of fun. Yeah. The, 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 the cartoon that I thought was less dumb, G.I. Joe, does literally that. Like they're just firing these high powered weapons at each other. No one hits anything. That's awesome. All right. Well,. Anybody who listened to our uh, Towering Inferno episode knows an easy way this show connects to The Magnificent Seven. But I'm going to let you guys go ahead first if you've got any. Oh, I've got, I've got quite the uh, complicated one. Um, go for it. So uh, Casey Kasem, the voice of Robin, uh, <laughs> he also provided the voice of uh, Cliff Jumper in Transformers the Movie in 1986 alongside Robert Stack who was also in the movie Airplane with Leslie Nielsen, who was in the Poseidon Adventure with Ernest Borgnine, who was in the Dirty Dozen with Charles Bronson. Well done. <laughs> well done. Yeah, well, I worked on that for a while. <laughs> um, I'm going to do mine then, because this is going to sound slightly familiar. So Casey Kasem, the, the voice of Robin, he was in Ghostbusters as himself. He made an appearance in that with, uh, was of course, Bill Murray, who was in Scrooge. Uh, Robert Mitchum was also in Scrooge. He was also in Cape Fear. Um, Telly Savalas was also in Cape Fear and he was in the Dirty Dozen with Charles Bronson. Nice. All right. Well, I'll just remind people like this is not my answer, but I'm just going to remind people who watched, who might, who didn't listen to the Towering Inferno episode. And shame on you if you didn't. But right. 
Olin Sewell or Olin Soul, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, who did the voice of Batman for yeah. almost all of these episodes, was in the towering inferno with Steve McQueen. Oh. He's the guy who is reading the plans and explaining to Steve McQueen that if we blow up the water tanks at the top of the tower, that should extinguish the flame. Oh, there we go. I, but, I, I almost went with him, but I decided to go with Casey Kasem because I really wanted to do something with Leslie Nielsen because I love Airplane. <laughs> right on. It's one of my favorite movies. Absolutely. <laughs> it's my favorite comedy, by yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Yeah. So I'm going to go with Rima the Jungle Girl, Ooh. who first appeared in the novel Green Mansions. The novel Green Mansions was adapted into a movie starring Audrey Hepburn as Rima. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Audrey Hepburn was in a movie called Charade, which also features James Coburn of The Magnificent Seven. Yes. Um, I don't, uh, I, at least on my end, you cut out there, Matt. Um, but basically we heard the answer. It's just, yes, at least I, for the first time just saw charade or charade last night. And it is awesome. That's it. That was a really fun movie. All right. Uh, anybody else got anything to say? Yeah, I think we've said it all. (laughs) No, man. No, I mean, again, unless you want to do like a breakdown of every single episode, which sure I'm down for it. (laughs) Let's do it right now. (laughs) <laughs> well, Matt, can I ask real quick? I, I seem to remember that there was a Teen Titans uh, uh, animated show back in the uh, 70s or maybe even the 60s. Do you recall that as well? Yes. Filmation did a couple of shorts featuring the Teen Titans that had Kid Flash and um, Aqualad. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually I, I sent you a photo earlier of the Filmation Superheroes, they are on that disc. Ah, okay. Fantastic. Yeah, there was also what? Um, Adam. There was Adam, Teen Titans, Justice League, and a missing few others. Flash and Hawkman. That's right, Hawkman. Yeah, I've been, I, I, I had totally forgotten about that. Uh, I was just up and trying to find it, but I couldn't find any information about it. I don't know what it was called, but uh, I think it was, I think it was all Teen Titans, right? I think it's uh, it's like it's something like DC superheroes the filmation adventures. Is the yeah, that's exactly what it's called. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, fantastic. Yeah, if you just look up like DC filmation adventures, you're gonna find it. That's that's yeah. Okay, got it. Well, guys, thank you for having me again. It's great to be here. Glad to have you. Yeah, glad to have you, man. And it was a great suggestion. This was uh, this was uh, this this last like ten hours or so was a dopamine rush. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's more to come. Uh, with that we thank you as always for listening you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Movie Matt Soroyce all one word M-O-V-I-E-M-A-T-T-S-I-R-O-I-S or you can look look us up on Facebook under the Movie Asylum of the Weird Bad and Wonderful we thank you for listening and hope to have you back next time thanks Thank you, everyone. And and for the record, this is not bad. This is this is weird and wonderful all the way. <laughs> Stay gold, people. <laughs>